even if you're looking at dogs, every single dog is very different. So that's one of the things that I really like about um, what I do and about pet nutrition in general is that there are various ways to um, bring nutrition to the table that can offer solutions for every kind of pet, regardless of their kind of individual differences. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast, the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. This episode is all about my favorite theme, collaboration. In talking with Natalie Asaro of Pet Curian Pet Nutrition, it was awesome to learn how their team works together with others in the pet food industry. We talked about some of the trends in the pet food world as pet parents are getting more involved and invested in the ingredients they feed their dogs. And it was really cool to learn how Pet Curian is leading the way with research into sustainable ingredients like black soldier fly larvae. I also enjoyed learning about how they're making nutrition accessible to all pet parents with three different brands at three different price points under the Pet Curian umbrella. I think it's interesting to think about how all of us could offer something like this in our pet brands. Another lesson we can all learn from this conversation with Natalie is about providing honest and thorough customer service. The pet nutritionist team at Pet Curian is available to share food advice with pet parents, and they might even recommend a different brand if nothing they carry is the right fit for the pet. I love how transparent that is. It shows that everyone on the team really cares the most about pet health. At the end of the day, it's all about healthy pets. Finally, I'm excited about this interview because Natalie's story provides a great example of a pet industry career path that isn't entrepreneurial. There are great companies out there that are making a positive impact. Sometimes starting and scaling your own business isn't the best way to make an impact, and maybe it's not the best choice for your life path. If that resonates with you, Natalie shares some great advice at the end of our conversation. She points out that the road of life is not a straight path. I love that advice. It actually reminds me of Bert. Over the weekend, we were up on Cape Cod with my boyfriend and Bert and Lucy, and we went on many hikes together. Lucy likes to mostly stay on the path. She takes her time. She's kind of like the tortoise and the tortoise and the hare analogy. Bert, he's, he's not the hare, but he does go off the trail searching for rabbits that he might find hiding in the woods or something like that. So he does not take a straight path while Lucy does. Neither one is right and neither one is wrong. They all lead to memories and fun times and things that we'll never forget doing together. So of course, I always have to have some kind of a dog analogy. But before I hit play on this interview, I want to also mention to you that this December in Wear, Wag, Repeat Society, we have an awesome theme. I'm so excited about this. The past couple of years in December, we did a year in review where we looked back at what worked and what didn't in the past year. This year, we did a mid-year review back in June or July, and that means that this December, we are planning for 2024. 
Not only are we planning really exciting big goals, but we are going to break it down by quarter, by month, even by week, if that is what you want to do. And we will figure out exactly what tasks and what actions you need to take in order to reach your really exciting goals. I know for me this year, one of my big goals was to triple my affiliate income, and I broke it down and thought about what I had to do to get there, and I'm really excited to share that I will be hitting that goal for this year. So if you have some big dreams and big goals and you're not exactly sure how to get to them, come join us in Wear, Wag, Repeat Society this December I would love to help you, and I'm sure all the other members would love to collaborate and brainstorm and help you figure out how to make your pet business dreams a reality. It's a really exciting time of year, and I hope that you enjoy listening to this interview. There are just a couple of episodes left until we hit episode 300. So if you haven't yet, please head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave a quick five-star rating and little review for my little podcast here. I would really appreciate it, and it would help the show continue to grow next year. Okay, that's all of the business talk for today. Now on to this conversation with Natalie. Natalie Asaro is currently the nutrition manager at Petcurian Pet Nutrition, a Canadian company committed to offering superior quality pet foods. She holds a master's degree in companion animal nutrition from the University of Guelph. The research she conducted while pursuing her degree resulted in a number of peer-reviewed publications, and she remains active in academic research. Just last year, Natalie was profiled in Pet Food Processing's inaugural Women in the Pet Industry feature and was named an emerging leader in pet nutrition by Food in Canada. Natalie's work in the pet food industry focuses on product development, quality assurance, and nutrition education for consumers. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tori. What an intro. Thanks for having me. I know. You're really impressive. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about how you got interested in companion animal nutrition. Uh, That's such an interesting niche. How did you first get involved? It is super niche. And it was kind of an interesting story how I came about pet nutrition. Um, Yeah, you mentioned I went to the University of Guelph. It's a really big agriculture focused um, university here in Ontario um, that also does a lot of work, um, in human health as well. So when I was in my undergraduate degree, um, I did a few nutrition courses that were mostly human nutrition based. And I thought maybe that's the route that I wanted to go, uh, maybe be a dietitian or something like that. Um, and then kind of on a whim, um, when I was picking some courses for my last year of my undergrad, I saw that they had a pet nutrition course, Um, and you know, I've always loved pets. I thought that would be a really cool course to take. Um, and first day after taking the course, I kind of had, call it my light bulb moment that this is super cool. I think I want to learn a little bit more about it. Um, so I kind of went out of my comfort zone and I talked to the professor and it turns out that uh, she was super extroverted and really excited for students to want to learn more about it and asked me to go for a coffee and, that turned into me doing a research project with her. Uh, and then that turned into me doing my master's um, with her as my advisor in companion animal nutrition. Um, following my master's, obviously, I was very eager 
um, to find a job in the industry. And uh, I landed the job at Pet Curian and kind of the rest is history. And I, if you can't tell, you'll be able to tell over the course of uh, the next half an hour. I absolutely love <laughs> what I do. It's the coolest job ever. Yeah, I can tell you kind of light up when you're talking about it. So <laughs> it's really awesome to see. And like, while you were talking, I was just thinking that going like going from people nutrition, um, obviously lots of people are very different and have different nutritional needs, but we're all the same spe- species. Um, but going to companion animal, you've got cats, you've got dogs. And do you, did you study with other types of companion animals as well? So my master's research specifically um, was focused on cats, but you get a really good background as you go through school on all different kinds of companion animal nutrition. So in some of the courses I took, I learned about reptiles. I learned about small animals. Um, but in the work that I do today, um, Pecurian, which is the company that I work for, uh, we focus on dog foods and cat foods. Um, but you're right. Um even if you're looking at dogs, every single dog is very different. So that's one of the things that I really like about um, what I do and about pet nutrition in general is that there are various ways to um, bring nutrition to the table that can offer solutions for every kind of pet, regardless of their kind of individual differences. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's almost like people say that becoming a veterinarian in some ways is more difficult than becoming like a surgeon for people because you need to know about all these different creatures. Totally. And they can't talk to you. So yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Well, I I feel like I feel like my dogs maybe talk to me a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly talk to my dog, so. <laughs> um, so I feel like there has been such a shift in pet nutrition. Um, you know, I'm obviously pretty involved in the pet world, so I might see more than like your average pet owner. Um, but in in your opinion, what has been like the the big shift in the past, like maybe let's say like 10 years um, of people becoming more aware about pet nutrition. What has that change kind of been like? I think you said it right there is that in the last 10 years, um, pet parents have absolutely become so much more aware of pet nutrition um, and the importance of high quality nutrition for their pets. Um, and they're doing a little bit of research themselves to know, you know, to go into the pet store and learn to flip over the bag and ask some questions about, you know, the ingredients, the the nutrients that the food is providing, the quality behind the food. Um, whereas, you know, 10, 20 years ago, people would just go into the store and pick up, you know, whatever dog food was there. Um, but yeah, people are becoming definitely more aware of what what good nutrition can provide to their pet. And becoming more aware of the individual nuances that their pet might experience. So a lot of them are coming into the store um, kind of with a background of this is my dog's size. This is my dog's age. These are some of the things that haven't worked for my dog before. Um, what can, what would you recommend kind of, kind of thing, but definitely much more aware of the importance of good nutrition for their pets. And so when someone is, like you said, flipping over the bag and looking at the back, there's the ingredients, there's the crude analysis, uh, right. it can be confusing. So what should people pay attention to? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I get asked all the time from pet parents, what is the best food to feed my pet? Um, and 
you know, unfortunately there's no one answer for one, like for all the dogs out there, there's no one food that's going to be the best. Um, but there is going to be an option that might be the best for an individual pet. So, um, what I would recommend for pet owners to go into the store is go in with some of that information on your pet's life stage. Um, especially a good idea to go in with some of the proteins that your pet has tried before. Um, sometimes pets don't do well on a certain protein like chicken. Sometimes pets don't necessarily do well on grains. Um, sometimes pets don't do well on grain free. So kind of being open to learning and understanding that, um, not one dietary approach is going to be the best option for every single pet. Uh, and then really working with the retailer to, um, look at some of the options out there. Um, I always say that, um, ingredients are kind of the vehicles to provide the nutrients that pets need. Um, but ingredients aren't necessarily everything. So for some people, they'll go into a store and look at foods and want, you know, chicken to be the first ingredient. Um, and that's great, but sometimes another food might be a better option that has chicken further down the panel and it's still finding a way to provide the nutrients that that pet needs. Um, so kind of understanding the difference between ingredients and nutrients. Uh, and then obviously as a nutritionist, when it comes to what's what a pet really needs, uh, it's important to make sure that those nutrient requirements are met um, along with any specific dietary needs that the individual pet uh, might have. Right. Well, and I think it's also people get like a, a little bit overwhelmed too. And, and everything is so expensive these days um, that it's, you want to give your dog the best quality that you can afford um, is For another sure. important thing. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah that's definitely something that um, pet parents can struggle with. And at Pet Curian, we definitely try to keep that in mind. Um, the three brands that we have are Go Solutions, um, Now Fresh, and Summit. Um, Go Solutions is our solutions-based um, recipes that have different recipe options for different kind of common pet parent concerns like digestive health, skin and coat health. Um, our Now Fresh brand has the options of um, meat first and only fresh meat ingredients and very uh, kind of like a holistic approach to nutrition. And then our summit brand, it's kind of our entry level brand that is still like excellent nutrition, premium quality ingredients, but it uh, provides options for pet parents that are maybe looking for a lower price point. So that just goes to show that you can achieve good nutrition with a variety of ingredients. And that comes up, of course, a variety of price points as well, but just because you're picking the lower price food doesn't mean you're getting lower quality in terms of nutrition. Right. Well, and I think it's good to know. I, I don't think most people would look into like, what's the parent company of my dog food brand, right? But to, to know that Pet Curian oversees all these brands and they have pet nutritionists on staff like you who are looking over all of the formulations and everything. Um, it, it's kind of good to do a little bit of a deep dive if you're shopping for food. For sure. Definitely. And our team is also always available. We have a really great customer care team that will work with any customer. Um, it's not rare that uh, our customer care team will sometimes even recommend a food that's not ours because, you know, sometimes our food might not be the best option for pets, like for pets that are sick, for example, uh, we make food for healthy pets. So um, people can definitely uh, reach out to our customer care team to learn a little bit more and kind of help make that decision a bit easier. That's very cool. Very, very transparent of you guys. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, okay. So, so that's like the nutrition stuff, but I also want to talk about, um, being a woman in, you know, I would consider it kind of corporate where, yep. where you work. Um, so being a woman in the corporate pet food industry, um, what are some of the, the challenges or, or maybe some of the benefits that, that you've seen of being a woman in this field? Yeah. I mean, I think some of the challenges for me personally have been more the fact that, uh, Yes, I'm a woman, but I'm a young woman. So I joined the industry um, at a younger age. And I think I've really had to work hard to network and try and make a name for myself um, and kind of bring everything that I can to the table. Um, You know, we're kind of blessed in the pet food industry to have a really unique opportunity to do that because the industry is quite small. It's quite niche. So you can really be recognized for um, the things that you do um, and the people that get to meet you and get to speak with you. Um, when it comes to pet curian specifically, um, we're actually uh, a majority of women um, in pet curian. So our senior leadership team is over uh, 65% women leaders. Um, our nutrition team uh, led by myself is all women. Um, and I think that just goes to show that the industry is just starting to realize that whatever you bring to the table is what you're going to be judged for. Um, the culture at the company that I'm at is also awesome. Um, so I've been lucky to not necessarily um, have many challenges with being a woman in the industry, but definitely being a younger woman, I've tried to work really hard to, um, you know, make a name for myself and network um, because there's so many amazing people in the industry that getting to know that one person or a few people can really, uh, you know, set you up for success in the future. Yeah. And, and have you found um, that networking with other women that it's um, that people are eager to kind of help and provide mentorship? Oh, absolutely. Um, this year at Pet Food Forum in Kansas City, it's a big conference that happens every year that a lot of industry attends. Um, there was actually a lunch session specific for women in the pet industry um, that was run by a couple of women leaders that have been in the industry for a couple of decades. Um, and I found that there were a lot of newer leaders that attended that. Um, and I just think it's really awesome that the industry is leading into that to ensure that um, the women have mentorship that they need and can ask ask those questions of people who have kind of been in their shoes before. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think a lot of people think, that there's so much equality now, but it really is hard when I think when you're in a room that's predominantly men, um, it can be hard to even get a word in sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think having, having those kind of opportunities and that mentorship, um, it's still so important. Oh, for sure. So Natalie, what would you say is maybe something that you have learned in, in working in this field that, um, that maybe you wish you had known. <laughs> I know that you're still very young, <laughs> but what is something that you wish you had known when you were getting started? Um, so obviously coming out of academia, um, when you when you graduate from your master's or some people graduate from your PhD, you're really the expert in what you have been spending time working on for the past few years. Um, and then you go into industry or you start working for a company and right away, you're the person in the room that might know the least about everything that's going on. So I think it was a really humbling experience. Um, and I've kind of taken that attitude into what I do every day to just 
always have the attitude to keep learning. So um, it's okay to go from, you know, really knowing a lot and being an expert in your field to switching up what you're doing um, and just yeah, really being open to learning. So that was something that I necessarily didn't, I didn't necessarily expect, um, but it's been, yeah, a very humbling experience and just makes me eager to learn every day. Uh, you know, just because you're in a leadership role doesn't mean you still can't learn. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's always something to learn. And I think that, um, you know, what we know, you know, you know, you only know as much as you know, and, exactly. um, and there's always new research being done and stuff about nutrition. Um, and there's always new technology coming out, um, to help us make our jobs easier. Sometimes it makes it easier. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes it makes it harder. Sometimes the technology makes it harder because you have to figure out how to do it. But um, so as a woman working in STEM or in the pet food industry, what are some of the the advances or the trends that you're seeing coming out in, in this field? Yeah, I think the pet industry in general has some really clear trends that have been focused on. Um, one of those is functional pet foods. Um people are starting to go into the store and really look to pick the food that is going to solve a specific problem for them. So things like digestive health have a really big focus right now, skin and coat health, um, allergies, things like that. Um, and then besides the nutrition side of thing, the whole industry is starting to really focus on sustainability. Um, and that I think is huge and very exciting and something that Pet Curian um, is leaning into quite a bit. Um, in 2022, actually, we published our first uh, ever sustainability impact report that has uh, a lot of information about some of the things that we're doing, both um, from our product side and our people side. Um, and we just released our 2023 one a couple of months ago. So um, it's really cool to see the industry kind of shifting in that direction. Uh, things like recyclable packaging and more sustainable ingredients. Um, and as a nutritionist, I think that's great because as I as I said, ingredients are just the vehicles to provide nutrients. There's certainly more sustainable ingredients that we can consider to make complete and balanced and high quality um, pet foods. But yeah, sustainability is huge right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I was, I've, of course, I was looking at the Pet Curian website before I talked to you, and um, there's a whole section on sustainability, and um, I'm, I'm always excited to see pet brands doing that because the pet food industry is very impactful <laughs> on the environment. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, if we as an industry don't change the way that we're going about things um, in the future, we're going to be in competition with the human food industry, right? Like we're using meats and pet food and we're using meats and human food. Um, and yeah, it's really important knowing that the globe and the population is going to be growing exponentially. And um, we're going to have to find some ways both with our pets and with ourselves to kind of make some more responsible choices and uh, yeah, really have sustainability at top of mind, I think. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, I, I don't know the numbers offhand, but I know that, you know, the impact of chicken and beef is very, very high compared to other things. Like I hear people talking about crickets uh, mm -hmm. and it's just so fascinating. Yeah. Pet Curian actually just launched this past year, um, a limited ingredient recipe under our Go Solution Sensitivities line. Um, and it features black soldier fly larvae. So 
Uh, yeah, it's an in- insect-based protein source, um, super high quality source of protein. Uh, it has kind of a little bit of like a hazelnutty smell to it. So uh, a lot of pet parents open the bag of food and says, wow, this smells different, but better than other pet foods. So um, some things might feel a little bit out of the comfort zone, but um, once you open up your mind to it and see you know, how much your pet is probably going to love that bag of food, um, it makes it easy to make the, those kind of decisions. Right. And it's not like they're eating a fly just loose. It's, you know, mixed in with optimal nutrition with all the other ingredients and everything. Exactly. Exactly. You would never know by looking at the kibble that it has black soldier fly in it. Um, But we definitely don't try and hide it. We kind of want to scream it from the rooftops because it's not only awesome from a sustainability perspective, um, but we put it under our go sensitivities line because obviously it's a very novel protein source. Um, so it's an amazing option for those pets that maybe have tried some more common protein sources um, and they're not finding something that works for them, but they or their pet parent doesn't want to necessarily switch to a completely plant-based diet. So this right. is kind of uh, an option that's sustainable, but still an animal-based protein. Um, and because it's super novel, there's uh, very low chances of it causing an adverse reaction for pets because they haven't had it before. Yeah. Chances are your pet hasn't eaten a lot of black soldier fly larvae. (laughs) No, probably not. Um, So as you know, I always am so thankful to be like a solopreneur because when I have an idea, I can just kind of go after it and switch gears and run with it. Um, But being in, you know, a more corporate setting and, you know, creating food, which it's very important. It has to be safe and tested and all this kind of stuff. What is the timeline? Like, when did someone say, let's put black fly, black soldier fly larvae in our food? Like, when did someone come up with that idea to when it gets on the shelf? Yeah, that really depends. So for something that's more simple, like uh, if we have a recipe and we want to add a different protein source, that's pretty normal. Let's say we have a chicken recipe and we want to add a salmon recipe to the lineup. Um, That's something that doesn't necessarily take um, too much time because we have the ingredients sourced. It's nothing new. Um, but talking about the black soldier fly project in particular, um, that was years of work. Um, we worked very collaboratively with the ingredient supplier to, um, do some of the research, um, and support some of the research that was needed to actually be submitted for that ingredient to become, um, AFCO approved. Um, and that's something that Hecurian has always done. Um, Yes, of course, we do R&D on our own products, um, but we also want to do R&D to support the industry as a whole. Um, We also work collaboratively with some of the universities to continue pet food research. Um, So yeah, the long answer to that is it kind of depends. Um, But yeah, when something is definitely new, novel, super innovative, um, it could take years to bring something to the market to ensure that we have the right, uh, you know, testing to back up the, the product and have it, you know, perform the way that we want it to. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I had a feeling it was, it would take a while just because you're, it's something that's like brand new that people aren't right. familiar with. And then there's right. the whole, you know, kind of marketing side of it too, of educating consumers about what this is because they've never had it before. No, exactly. And yeah, that's kind of why uh, our team works very collaboratively and we're very lucky to have a very strong team that we kind of all lean on each other. Obviously, uh, our marketing team to market Black Soldier Fly, they they don't know much about it either. So as nutrition, we can really support them into the nutritional benefits of the ingredient and the research that we've done. 
um, so that we can lean on that to, you know, transfer that education all the way through to our retailers and our consumers. Um, if you take a look on our website, actually, you'll see some really cool tools uh, that really dig into some of the research that we've done behind some of our recipes. Um, recently, we released one about our Go Digestion and Gut Health um, salmon recipe for dogs, uh, where we did some really cool microbiome work. Um, that is really cool. And I definitely recommend you you check that out. Yeah, we love learning about the microbiome. Yeah, it's also very, very hot right now, which is right? kind of cool because now that more people kind of understand the microbiome, it's not necessarily something that we have to shy away from talking about because we were worried, you know, it might be a confusing concept. Um, but yeah, people are just becoming super into their health and their pet's health and are kind of teaching themselves about these kind of concepts. Right. Yeah. It's it's very exciting. It's an exciting time we live in. It is. Um so Natalie, I was really excited to have you on here because like I mentioned before we hit record is that almost all of my guests are kind of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, but that's not always the best route for everyone. And sometimes you can kind of kill yourself like trying to make that work. Um, and you don't have to, because it, it sounds like your job is awesome. You get to work with an amazing team and everyone is so collaborative and innovative and working on sustainability. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who, who might want to pursue a career similar to yours? Yeah, I'd say my number one piece of advice is, you know, go out there and ask questions and introduce yourself to people. Um, all of the opportunities that I've been lucky enough to have um, have come from, you know, me sitting down with somebody and having dinner and then figuring out, oh, okay, this sounds kind of cool. Like, let's look into this. Um, so uh, yeah, I definitely recommend going out there and networking and talking to people. Um, and then, yeah, not being afraid of doing something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. Um, like I said, I was very you know, used to being in the academic world, um, I kind of had to think about the option of continuing my schooling or deciding to go into industry. Um, and I'm really glad that I did decide to go to industry because I've been lucky to have some amazing opportunities. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone. There's always more options for learning. And um, I've been told many times that um, throughout your career, it's not necessarily a straight line. Um, you can hop to one side of things, you can hop to the other side of things. In my case, I was more, you know, on the research side of things. And now I'm in a, a managerial position and, you know, I might hop back more into research, but um, definitely not a straight line. So trying new things and figuring out what, what you really like and where your passion is, is um, something I'm still, you know, doing every day. <laughs> I love that advice. And I, I say that all the time to people that, just, just try it. It's not, you don't have to do this one thing for the rest of your life. Exactly. Um, you could jump, you could jump to the other side, jump to this side. You can right. kind of experiment. Life is, life is meant to like, you should take risks. <laughs> for sure. Though I do think I will be in pet forever. <laughs> like I love it. Yeah. Once, once you're in the pet industry, I mean, if you've worked in any other fields, it's just really, everyone's very nice here. I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everyone at the end of the day, everyone, you know, you could be in competitive companies, but at the end of the day, like we're really just trying to make pets lives better. Um, and yeah, you can get into a conversation with absolutely anybody in the pet food industry and they don't look at you funny when you talk about your dog and show them a million pictures on your phone. 
Yes. And you start talking about dog poop in the first two minutes. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Especially coming out of research, you got to be really comfortable talking about that. (laughs) Well, we talk about poop a lot on this podcast. I will say it's a business podcast, but a lot of dog poop comes up in conversation. Yep. Fair enough. Well, Natalie, it's been really fun talking to you and learning about what you do. Um, and it's fascinating to hear just what an awesome company Pet Curian is. I'm glad to learn about that. So where can people go to connect with you and the brand? Yeah, well, I'm always open for a, a LinkedIn connection. I love to meet new people. Um, but to learn a little bit more about Pet Curian, we have a really awesome website, petcurian.com. And then from there, you can navigate to our individual brand websites for Go Solutions, Now Fresh, and Summit. Uh, but there's tons of information on our website that you can learn a little bit more about us and all the stuff that we do. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time and your expertise today. Thanks, Tori. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wherewagrepeat or find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Wear Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wearwagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation.